Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Deadly Assassins. Their identities are a secret. Even from each other. So how's work? We had a little trouble with the commission. So how's that? Somebody look for a job or something? You are the job. Had a few problems ourselves. Did you do something new? I added peas. Ah, peas. I love my wife, but there are times. There's this huge space between us, and it just keeps filling up with everything that we don't say to each other. What do you think she's going to shoot like that? Looks like it's government or something. You've just been identified by a competing agent. How are you going to handle it? I'm going to borrow this. Yeah, yeah. Sweetheart. Love. Gets lethal. You have an unusual problem, Jane. You obviously want me dead. And I'm less and less concerned for your well-being. So what do we do? Mm. From the director of The Born Identity. Come on, sweetheart. Come to daddy. Who's your daddy now? Brad Pitt. Angelina Jolie. Still alive, baby? Mrs. Smith. You know that you're ticking. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith from 2005. The studio was 20th Century Fox. The release date was June 10, 2005. The running time, 120 minutes, and the rating was PG-13. The budget, $110 million, and the box office was a smash, taking in $186 million domestic gross, making it the 10th-ranked movie of 2005. It took in an extra $300 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 60% fresh from 215 reviews. Their critics' consensus is, although this action romance suffers from weak writing and one too many explosions, the chemistry generated by on-screen couple Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is palpable enough to make this a thoroughly enjoyable summer action flick. Roger Ebert at the time gave it three out of four stars. Here's his review. There is a kind of movie that consists of watching two people together on the screen. The plot is immaterial. What matters is the chemistry, a term that once referred to science but now refers to the heat we sense, or we think we sense, between two movie stars. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie have it, or at least I think they have it, in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And because they do, the movie works. If they did not, there'd be nothing to work with. The screenplay is a device to revive their marriage by placing them in mortal danger, while at the same time providing an excuse for elaborate gunfights and chase scenes. I learned from Variety magazine that it was written by Simon Kinberg as his master thesis at Columbia. If he had been studying chemistry instead of cinema, he might have blown up the lab, but it wouldn't have been boring. On a typical day, John and Jane set off to their jobs. He to kill three or four guys, she to pose as a dominatrix while snapping a guy's neck. 
Can you imagine Rock Hudson or Doris Day in this story? Clark Gable or Carol Lombard and Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy have also been invoked. But given the violence in their lives, the casting I recommend is The Rock and Vin Diesel. In the opening scene, they could fight over who has to play Mrs. Smith. (laughs) Sorry, I lost my train of thought. The movie was directed by Doug Wyman, who directed The Bourne Identity who is good at chase scenes. The Los Angeles Times reports that the second unit director, Simon Crane, also played a key role. What makes this movie work is that Pitt and Jolie have fun together on screen, and they're able to find a rhythm that allows them to be understated and amused even during the most alarming developments. There are many ways that John and Jane Smith could have been played awkwardly or out of sync, but the actors understand the material and hold themselves at just the right distance from it. We understand that this is not really an action picture, but a movie star romance in which the action picture serves as a location. Recently, I've noticed a a new trend in the questions I'm asked by strangers. For years, it was, seen any good movies lately? Now I'm asked for my insights into Brad and Angelina, Tom and Katie, and other couples created by celebrity gossip. I reply that I know nothing about their private lives except what I read in the supermarket tabloids, which also know nothing about their private lives. And I can see this comes as a disappointment. So I think I'll start speculating about threesomes, enlisting The Rock, Vin Diesel, and Vince Vaughn, selected at random. This might be an idea for a sequel. And that's the end of Ebert's terrific review. Roger Ebert just spot on here. The movie is enjoyable because Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are just bona fide movie stars, something that is completely missing today with newer actors. This is a film you would simply watch because of who's in it, not because the film is groundbreaking material. The sad fact is that, you know, those quote-unquote influencers who release 30-second videos on social media are now considered stars. It's just a very strange reality. And all this fallout from the ADD-style entertainment is the demise of quality entertainment because people used to be trained artists at their craft. If you're into this influencer culture, I guess oh well, and have fun with this type of evolution if that's your thing. It's not mine. Now, I saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith in the theater when it was first released in the summer of 2005, and it was fun. And again, Pitt and Joey do have that chemistry that Ebert mentioned, so much so that that became an item during the filming of the movie, and Brangelina was born. Much better than, say, Tomcat. Whether it's true or not, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston had already split, and Aniston filed for divorce when Pitt and Jolie became involved. Jolie was famously married to actor Billy Bob Thornton for three years before divorcing in 2003. And if you didn't know already, she came from acting lineage, and that was her father being John Voight. Some of Brad Pitt's most notable films prior to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Seven, Fight Club, Snatch, Ocean's Eleven, and Ocean's Twelve. For Angelina Jolie, her notable films prior to this film was Hackers, Girl Interrupted, Gone in 60 Seconds, and the two Lara Croft movies. Okay, let's get into the making of the films. The screenwriter, Simon Kinberg, had the script of the film written about five years prior to when the film was actually made. This was, as Ebert mentioned, his master's thesis. However, he was just starting his career and and kept getting rejected. However, after his debut screenplay for the sequel to the action film Triple X, State of the Union, was made he now had a chance to get his work picked up by a studio. Director Doug Wyman had a huge hit a few years prior with The Bourne Identity, so another action film wasn't that far-fetched for him. However, what he liked about Mr. and Mrs. Smith was that it wasn't a simple action film in the sense that the relationship and a marriage between the two lead characters made everything more complicated than simply having one character like Jason Bourne play out his crazy life just alone. 
And initially in the script, there was more relationship content rather than straight up action. You should also check out his two prior films, Go, which is an action comedy, and Swingers. Now, this was really Angelina Jolie's first film where she had a comedic performance, and Vince Vaughn was a last-minute addition and was in the film basically as a favor to Doug Lyman, whom he had worked with on Swingers. And even though Vaughn had only worked on the film for two days, he kept adding things to make his character more significant than originally written. And then Lyman also got Adam Brody to appear in the film due to his connection with Brody on the TV series The O.C., which Lyman produced and directed. Lyman said action films with such big-name stars like Pitt and Jolie are very nerve-wracking because you can't screw it up. If directors take a chance with an artsy film, Hollywood won't hold that against you. But if you have a flop with proven talent in the action genre, your career could effectively be over just like that. It's almost like guaranteed money. Plus, Mr. and Mrs. Smith had comedic elements to it, which could go very wrong if you didn't do it right. What's interesting about the film is that it doesn't really spend a lot of time on the villains, which is unique to action films. It kind of brings a fresh take in this film in particular, which really makes sense. And you have two dynamic actors that you don't want to take your eyes off of, so why waste time on less attractive villains, which is why they are mostly faceless throughout the film. However, the wealth of talent in the small roles is what makes this film very fun to watch now, because many of the smaller characters turned into pretty big-name stars later on, like Kerry Washington and Michelle Monaghan and Stephanie March and Jennifer Morrison, not to mention one of my favorite actors, Keith David, who you only hear his voice. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins with John and Jane Smith sitting next to each other in lounge chairs, and they are being interviewed in a couple's therapy session. Okay, I'll go first. Um, let me say uh, we don't really need to be here. See, we've been married five years. Six. Five, six years. And this is like a checkup for us. A uh, chance to poke around the engine, maybe change the oil, replace a seal or two. Very well then, let's pop the hood. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you as a couple? Eight. Wait, 10 being perfectly happy and one being totally miserable or? Just respond instinctively. Okay. Ready? Ready. Eight. Eight. How often do you have sex? I don't understand the question. Yeah, I'm lost. Is this a one to ten thing? But because, like, is one um, very little or is one nothing? Because, you know, tec technically speaking, the zero would be nothing. How about this week? Including the weekend? Sure. Describe how you first met. Uh, it was uh, it was in Colombia. Pogota. Five years ago. Six. Right, five or six years ago. The great part about that first scene is the awkwardness was indeed real because it was the first day of shooting for the film for both Brad and Angelina, and they had not really had the chance to rehearse for the film due to their busy schedules. We then go back in time, according to the film it's five or six years ago, <laughs> in Bogota, Colombia, where John and Jane first meet. A person, it's a government person we assume, it's never explained, named Barracuda has been assassinated. The police are looking for tourists traveling alone. 
like John, who is at the hotel bar alone and being questioned by the police. But before he answers, Jane comes into the hotel, and the two quickly decide they are together to avoid being detained by the police. They have drinks together that night and dance, and drink a lot more. (laughs) Brad Pitt, being even one of the most attractive actors in movie history, was still very shy about having to dance on camera. The director said he was like a teenager at the prom, and he really had to drink in order to dance on camera. So Jane wakes up the next morning and John is not there. However, he returns with breakfast in bed for her. So it's a very fast romance and they were very attracted to each other. Duh. And they walk around town and partake in a carnival-style game of shooting metal targets. At first, Jane does very poorly. John, on the other hand, is spot on except for his last target. Jane then decides to go again and this time she nails everything with a sneaky grin on her face. John's best friend is Eddie, played by Vince Vaughn, who is skeptical about John being in love so quickly. And Jane's best friend is Jasmine, Carrie Washington, who feels the same as Eddie. John tells Jane that he's a big-time building contractor, while Jane tells John she works on Wall Street. And then we fast-forward five or six years later to see how Mr. and Mrs. Smith are now like with each other. They live in a very nice house in the suburbs, and Jane says to be home by seven for dinner that she'll be cooking for them. Gardner left the lawnmower How is work? Yeah, so so. Oh, I got new curtains. Did you? Uh huh. Well. Hmm. What do you think? Huh. There's a struggle over the material. This little tea sandwich of a man. He got his hands on them first, but I won. Of course you did. They're a bit green, so I think we're going to have to reupholster the sofas and definitely get a new rug, maybe a Persian. Yeah, well, we can just keep the old ones, then we don't have to change a thing. We talked about this, you remember? I remember. I remember because we said we'd wait. (sighs) If you don't like them, we can take them back. Okay, I don't like them. You'll get used to them. So the couple really never yells at each other. They're basically sterile and apathetic towards one another. One night, Jane tells John she's going out for business, and John ends up going out alone as well. Jane ends up at an underground club where she's dressed like a dominatrix underneath her overcoat and ends up in the room of a rich guy. John, on the other hand, is drunk, or acting drunk, and finds a private poker game in the back of the bar. As we discover, John isn't drunk at all. He's a hitman hired to kill the main guy who's in a poker game. John quickly and efficiently kills all four men in the game. We then cut to Jane, who has the guy tied up like he wants, and she whips him again like he wants. Turns out he's a gunrunner, and after the brief S&M, he gets his neck snapped by Jane. So now we know the score and why John and Jane are so detached from their marriage. They're both hired assassins. They both arrive home and act like nothing happened at all and attend a neighborhood house party. In the tool shed, John has an underground portal where all of his weapons and tons of cash is stored. Jane, on the other hand, has all of her weapons stored in a secret compartment that is mechanically hidden inside the stove. John does actually run his own construction company, and he is an engineer. His buddy Eddie also works at the company. But this is all a front for John's more interesting work as an assassin. John's next assignment is to take out Benjamin Diaz, nicknamed The Tank, played by Adam Brody. Well, as it turns out, Jane's next assignment is the same guy. While John pretty much works alone, Jane has an all-female team who assist in the research and execution of her assignments. 
The hit is supposed to take place in the desert, and both John and Jane are there to carry it out. So while Jane has had her team scout the tank's precise location, and she's waiting for his arrival, John, on the other hand, is driving like a maniac in a four-wheeler, blasting poisons, nothing but a good time. Jane thinks it's just an idiot driving recklessly. I mean, he is playing poison, after all. Not realizing that it's John. However, she quickly finds out it's not a civilian driving around, as now he's carrying a missile launcher. Still, she doesn't know it's John, just another assassin who's in her way. She shoots John in the chest, but he's wearing a bulletproof vest. He quickly recovers and fires a missile at the station that Jane is at. Soon after, Jane planted explosives to detonate. Nobody is killed, and the tank gets away. Both Jane and John are infuriated about having their mission sabotaged and can't figure out who's the cause of it. And because both failed their mission, they now have to eliminate the cause. Yes, that means both Jane and John must take out each other, though they don't realize it yet. John recovered Jane's destroyed laptop in the desert and has his tech person Gwen, played by Michelle Monaghan, extract what she could from the charred laptop. Gwen doesn't find much, but does get an address of an office building. When John goes to investigate the building, he discovers that it's the office of Jane Smith. At the same time, Jane is reviewing the video of the botch hit in the desert. And the more she looks at the guy in the video, she has the light bulb moment, realizing it's John. John arrives at home exactly at 7 p.m. that night, because that's when dinner always is. Now this is a great scene, because now we both know, after five or six years of marriage, who they are. The tension is great because both are prepared to take each other out if one makes the wrong move. All the while, they're trying to act like it's a normal dinner. So Jane, with her lightning-fast reflexes, actually caught the wine bottle that John intentionally dropped. When she ends up dropping the bottle, it becomes game on, as they both rush to other rooms to grab their weapons. Jane ends up taking her car and leaving the house, while John runs after her with a gun in his hand. He accidentally fires the gun after crashing into the fence, which hits the windshield of the car. Jane decides to do the sensible thing next, which is run John over. Jane jumps out of the car while it's moving, and John ends up crashing somewhere out of sight, but of course he survives because it would be a terrible movie to kill him off in the first 45 minutes. This great car scene almost didn't happen because of budget and time concerns, but the filmmakers felt that it was vital because it's the first time they were going to fight face-to-face, and things needed to have that personal action connection after the initial dinner. Also, the accidental gunshot after slipping on the fence was indeed a real accident, not the actual gunshot, but Brad Pitt wasn't supposed to run into the fence that way. But when first shooting the scene, Pitt did indeed slip, and then they realized it was a perfect way for the gunshot to happen. After the car crash, John goes to Eddie's house, well, it's actually Eddie's mom's house, whom he lives with, to tell her what happened. Unfortunately, I don't have this quip, but this was all Vince Vaughn just riffing and improving. It's really funny stuff that wasn't supposed to be much of a scene when it was originally written. And Jane goes to Jasmine, and Jasmine says that since Jane doesn't love John, that it will be easy for her to just kill him. Well, that's easier said than done. Jane and her team arrive at the house to do a thorough search of everything to find clues about John. John eventually arrives home after Jane has cleaned out the place, including his arsenal of weapons and cash. John tries to ambush Jane and her crew at her office, but they all get away. John does find an interesting clue from Jane's office and decides to follow the lead. However, things get interesting once he's in the elevator of the building when he enters. So while Jane and her team believe that John fell to his death from the crashing elevator, John actually was tucked away safely in another location as he had hacked into her camera system. That night, Jane dines alone in a restaurant and is distraught over the supposed death of her husband. 
However, that's short-lived because John shows up to the restaurant. The two end up dancing the tango and also learn more about each other in this one dance than the entire time they've been married. You don't dance. It's just part of my cover, sweetheart. Was sloth part of it, too? You think this story's going to have a happy ending? Happy endings are just stories that haven't finished yet. Satisfied? years. It's all John, sweetheart. Why do you think we failed? Because we were leading separate lives? Or was it all the lying that did us in? I have a theory. Newly formed. I'm breathless to hear it. You killed us. Provocative. You approached our marriage like a job, something we recon, planned, and executed. And you avoided it. What do you care if I was just a cover? I said you were just a cover. Wasn't I? Wasn't I? I have to. Excuse me. After the dance, Jane creates a diversion and escapes, and John steals a car and calls Jane. Both attempt to act like neither one loved one another in, in order to kind of make their jobs of killing each other a little bit easier. However, we can tell that's not the truth. They do love one another, but their profession has made them cold and calculated. The two race home to have it out once and for all. So this definitely ends up being the highlight of the movie, as both of them are the best in their field. The great part about this scene is the humor involved with the action. And after much back and forth, they both end up face-to-face with their guns drawn, but neither can pull the trigger, and end up having the most intense makeup sex in the history of man. (laughs) Which would make sense after trying to kill each other. What the couple didn't take into account with the noises of the gunshots and explosions and hand-to-hand combat noises is that the neighbors might be concerned. Yeah. Is everything okay? We heard an awful ruckus. No, everything's fine here. Yeah, it's great. So you guys are, you're fine? Yeah, couldn't be better. Oh, nice. You guys are Susie and Martin. Have a nice night. Officers. It's like you're redecorating. It's very, yeah. Shame about the teeth. That left of yours. A thing of beauty. You take it well. Thank you. (laughs) That vacation in Aspen? Mm. You left her why? Jean-Luc Gaspard. Oh, God! <laughs> yeah. I wanted him. I get it. Mm. You didn't hear me that night the chopper dropped me off for our anniversary dinner. Mm-hmm. No? Mm. 
percussion grenade. I was partially deaf that night. I'm slightly colorblind. Mm. Retinal scarring. I can't feel anything in these three fingers. Three ribs, mm. broken eye socket, mm. perforated eardrum. Mm. Mm. You ever have trouble sleeping after? Nope. Yeah, me neither. So after getting reacquainted with one another, they are now the targets since 48 hours has passed. And like that, they decide that they need to team up to keep themselves alive. Though it's a close call after their entire house is blown up. While they try to get away in a stolen minivan, they're ambushed on the freeway, which leads to them fighting off assassins while driving and also sharing more about their real history. We got company. What? tell you I was married once before are you out of your mind what is wrong with you you're what's wrong with me you're supposed to take it so that's better stop no that's much better that's great stop it Hypocritical. 
Not like you're some beacon of truth. John, my parents? They died when I was five. I'm an orphan. Who was that kindly fellow who gave you away at our wedding? Paid actor. I said, I said I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. I know. You know, I don't even want to talk about it. You got it? Got it. After surviving the car chase, it's time to let Eddie in on the surprises. This is Johnny. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning. It's good to see you're okay, man. Tell me you got smart and that you killed that lying bitch. Mm, this lying bitch? Yes, it was just wishful thinking. I'm sorry. Eddie, it's nice to see you, Jane. Eddie. Eddie, focus, please. We got problems. You got problems. Crack addicts got problems, my friend. You two are smoked. Maybe. Maybe. Johnny got the entire agency gunning for you. You probably have her agency gunning for you, too. Hey, what about you? Me? Where you at? Where am I at? I find myself dragging my feet this morning. I think you owe me a little money anyway. Sweet. We don't understand each other. And I understand that, but I don't, I don't need to have those looks from you, okay? I've been in his life for a long time. Focus, I've been in his life for a long time. Focus. Pissed off. They blew up my house. They shot at my wife. My own company. If she works for who the street says that she works for, you're Macy's and Gimbel's. And she would be the Wii channel, and you would be whatever channel it is that competes against the Wii channel. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Johnny. The point of this is simple. Once you guys decide to get off the reservation, that's it. Then you're off the reservation. Eddie, how bad? How bad is it? Mm. You remember Canada. That was kid stuff next to what you're up against. That was you. Oh, is that a turn on? Did she try to kid with the car? I'm not that It's not my business. A good friend stays out of it, I understand. This is the facts. If you two separate from each other, you got a shot. Not a great shot. Johnny, we got a shot. If you two stay together, you're dead. Unless you can find something that they want more than they want you. So, what will Mr. and Mrs. Smith decide to do? Well, there's about 30 action-packed minutes left, and you will not be disappointed. This film is sort of the last of an era of having a superstar couple star in the film together. You know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were bona fide movie stars. They still are. Really comparable to the great movie couples of the past. But today, there are no more stars that truly have box office power. So while... The movie is very entertaining. I Again, the draw is the star power here. And sometimes that's all you need, even if it's nostalgia at this point. All right, there were a couple of deleted scenes. One is John and Eddie in the kitchen. This is basically an extended scene after John gets run over by Jane. It's 
basically Vince Vaughn riffing the whole time. It's great, but the director didn't want the film to become too funny and silly. The other deleted scene is called House Cleaning. It's another alternate scene where Jane and her team take apart the entire house looking for intel about John. The outtake is good because we see Jane discover John's arsenal of weapons hidden in the tool shed. However, it's good it was removed because it kind of makes the reveal in the film when John is surprised that much better. This scene would have killed that. Alright, some fun facts. To keep the rating at PG-13, Doug Lyman toned down the sex and the violence. Box office-wise, this was a great idea because it allowed teenagers to see the film without issue. Both Pitt and Jolie were pitched a sequel in 2010, but neither liked the story, so they passed. There were talks of a prequel without Pitt and Jolie, but that never came to fruition. However, in 2022, there will be a series on Amazon Prime with Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. We shall see. Brad Pitt reportedly left the project after Nicole Kidman dropped out and her replacement had not yet been found, but once Angelina Jolie signed on, he returned to the project. Johnny Depp was originally cast as John Smith, but turned it down after being overworked with other movies he was shooting. Catherine Zeta-Jones was considered for the role of Mrs. Smith, and Will Smith (laughs) was considered the role for Mr. Smith, when it was unclear that Brad Pitt would sign on. It would make those fight scenes with uh, Angelina so much better now that we know more about Will Smith. I am filming this, by the way, a week after the infamous slap heard around the world with Chris Rocks. So if you're downloading this episode five or ten years after I initially released it, yes, I'm recording this after the infamous slap. Eva Green and Kate Blanchett were also considered to play Jane Smith and also Gwen Stefani auditioned for the role of Jane. Both Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were paid $20 million each for their roles. And if you're wondering about the body count, 43. All right, we have a special guest from the Growing Up Rock podcast. The always great Sonny Pooney talks about one of his favorite action movies in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Sonny Pooney, of course, from the Grown Up Rock podcast, which you know and love, and also the Kiss podcast, Podcast Rock City. Welcome back, Sonny. Oh, great to be back. It's been a minute. It has, and uh, we're going to do uh, one of those great action comedy movies uh, from the the aughts, I guess you call them, and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And uh, before we actually get into the, the film itself, are you a Brad Pitt fan? I am to a point. I like when he is funny and clever. I'm not into it if he's like super serious. But I got the same problem with Mel Gibson. Oh, interesting. I got the, okay. I got the same problem with Kevin Costner. Like, I want them funny, clever, not like, you know, starting wars and shit. Like, you know, like some of that stuff Mel Gibson was in. I'm like, oh, I don't know about all that. So you like Brad Pitt, like in Moneyball and and exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And another movie we're going to be talking about soon. Um, Okay, so then we get into, you know, you have two superstars here, uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I don't think this movie works without them, because while the, the plot's fun and the action's fun, I think you're there to kind of see those two. Yeah, first of all, they're two uh, handsome, attractive people, right? They right. pop off the screen. There has to be a heat and there has to be a sexiness with at least the female character. Right. There has to be a little bit of slapstick slash awesomeness in the male character. Now, I know that, you know, they were talking about Johnny Depp and possibly mm-hmm. Will Smith. I think Will Smith might have been able to pull it off probably better than Johnny Depp in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I don't think it, Gwyneth Paltrow compared <laughs> to Angelina Jolie, no way that right. does she pull that off. It, that can't happen. Kate, 
Also, Kate Blanchett was considered. No way. Uh, no Nicole way. Kidman. Uh, the only one I would consider, maybe they they had said Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, possibly. You know. Yeah, with her and Will Smith, I think this yeah. movie could even be redone, and it would yeah. be great. Agreed. And this was the first movie that Angelina Jolie was in that was a comedy. So how do you think she fared? I thought she did great because she wasn't trying to be slapstick comedy. She was trying to be sarcastic, woman scorned, I'm better than you, women in power kind of comedy, which mm -hmm. absolutely fits her personality. Right, right. And so the interesting part about this everyone knows that this is where brad and angelina met and whether or not brad pitt and jennifer anderson were broken up at the time who knows uh who would you pick if you if you you're, you personally are you a jennifer anderson or an angelina joey guy i am an angelina jolene guy okay I, I like jennifer aniston but i can't get friends out of my head so it's a little dis ditzy instead of like powerful and sarcastic like i've seen angelina play you know what i mean right right so did you see this in the theater when it first came out no, this was absolutely a rental, but I got the I have the DVD also. OK, got it. Got it. OK, so we'll get into the plot. What what was your reaction when you first saw it? Was it like an immediate like or was it something that uh, you had to watch multiple times? Yeah, this movie's interesting. I, I liked it when I first saw it because of the star power. Right. And, and even mm -hmm. if you add in the Vince Vaughn's of the world and the Kerry Washington of the world, like that's four big, big stars. If you fast forward 10 years. Right. Sure. So. I like that part. I enjoy this movie a lot more now that I've been married a while. <laughs> right. So it felt like every time I watched the movie, I liked it more and more and more. And I watched it about a week ago again. And I'm like, oh my God, I absolutely love this movie. And it's because now I've been married 25 years. Right. right. So <laughs> it you you connect with it a lot more if you've been through the trials and tribulations of basically being in life with another, mm -hmm. um, as a 20 some odd year old, when this first came out, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, they don't love each other anymore. They kind of got a riff, blah, blah, blah. That, that's completely different than kind of needling each other. When you do still love each other, <laughs> that's a completely different feeling. Sure. So what would you <laughs> put yourself in Brad Pitt's shoes? What would you have done if you found out that your spouse was in the same, uh, hidden profession as you? I got a feeling, I, I think I'd almost be proud, <laughs> right? I, I think, and he missed some signs, obviously. Oh, like yeah. Like at the Both carnival thing, right? Yeah. Like she wasn't, she was trying to play dumb, but the, the minute he showed off a little bit, she had to show off too, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um. So, but they're, I guess each of them are so busy telling their own lie that they're not watching for the other's truth, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. But I, I'm not sure I would be mad. I think I would be proud. <laughs> well, you chose correctly then, you know, dude, that move when she jumps out of the window and lands and takes that cab, that whole thing with the purse. I mean, that is a badass move. Oh yeah. The action in this is tremendous. I, I, that's gotta be uh, credited to, to Doug Wyman who also did the, uh, the born identity. Were you a fan of the born identity? Oh yeah. 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 I like all the born series movies. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have those coming up as well. So you had mentioned that you had alluded to not, I mean, you have the two stars as Brad Pitt and Angelina, Angelina Jolie. It's easy for me to say. I should just call him Brangelina. Um, <laughs> th there was so much star power for like side characters. Like you, you had mentioned Kerry Washington, Vince Vaughn, but you also had Michelle Monaghan, Stephanie March and Jennifer Morrison as kind of her, her side crew, not to mention Keith David. So, I mean, that's it really, uh, there's kind of a wealth of riches in this and they play well together. Yeah, so it did well at the box office, obviously. Yep. Um, so that's 
good anyway. But I think people missed on this movie. I mm-hmm. think if this thing somehow re-released or I, I don't know, it's just got to come out of the archives because it's got now you're looking at those stars. If you wanted to put them in a movie together, would cost you 200 million to make easily. Yeah. It's just, I guess, right mix at the right time. And sometimes in casting, you just get a little bit lucky. And uh, I remember, you know, the first time I saw the movie, I didn't know a lot of these actors, except for obviously the main two. Sure. But now that I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot Carrie Washington's in this damn movie. That's right. That's right. I mean, even <laughs> Angela Bassett, you just hear her voice. <laughs> like she, yeah. I mean, they really had everyone. And it's too bad is that now that Brett and Angelina are uh, divorced, there's no way they're going to have a sequel to this. So, as you said, it would have to be. Uh, a reboot or maybe turned into a, a you know, a TV sh- series. Yeah. This would be a good TV series. There's no doubt about that. This is, you know, this is the Incredibles without yeah. kids, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> you could, you could totally make this the movie. Now I wish there was more Vince Vaughn. How, how about what, what say you? Yeah. It, you get a lot of Brad and Angelina. solo. Yeah. like if you were to count up the minutes, they are in, 80% of the movie, which I guess they're the two leads, but they're yeah. in 80% of the movie really solo, mm-hmm. right? Which is not uh, normal, I guess. Vince is interesting. Dude, Vince is typecast. <laughs> he plays the same character over and over and over. And you know what? I love it because every one of his movies, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And every time Vince is in a movie, I laugh all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's that that nice comic relief. Maybe he doesn't wear out his welcome. Maybe that's why he, they they do it, or maybe he he didn't have him for enough time to really put him in a lot of stuff. That always factors in too. So you just rewatched this. Uh, is there anything you would have changed? And is there anything new you noticed? Uh, nothing new I noticed except for I'm connecting with it better. Right? Yeah. That whole, I you know I had heard it thirty forty times. I've seen this movie that five years, no six years. Well, five to six years. Like mm-hmm. now. It's like, oh, my God, yes. Nicole and I would say that. I'd say 25 years. You go 23 years. 23, 25, same thing. You know? mm-hmm. So it's it's just that connection. But criticism-wise, I'm telling you, I would not only recommend this movie. People got to buy this on DVD. If yeah. they have never seen this movie, they have absolutely missed out. This is a hidden gem. No criticisms at all. Well, absolutely. And and we mentioned the star power and we talk about this all the time. The, the lack of stars today, like real stars, is mind boggling, especially in Hollywood. I mean, the stars are coming today are from TikTok and those are 15 second videos and they really aren't superstars. So I wish people would go back and watch some of these films because you're right. Like you are drawn to these two actors. Yeah. And it's amazing. They're what, 12 years apart, but Brad looks so young. Oh, he does. It's absolutely one of the best movies of the last 20 years. So well written. Like whoever wrote the funny quips that kind of match them being able to sell it really did themselves a service. So you heard it. You heard it first. You heard it from Sonny. You have to go and watch this. And, and this is definitely in his top. I would, What top 10 in the last 20 years. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again, Sonny, for doing this. We're going to talk real soon. All right, man. Thank you. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.